Hello, hello. We're back with another episode of Talking Strangers. I hope you guys enjoyed our last episode featuring my co-host Zahil, who you'll be hearing more of soon. Anyways, brace yourself for today's episode because we're taking a sidestep from the usual light-hearted, casual topics to bring you a heavy hitter. We are talking about modern-day slavery. That's the theme for today's episode. And if you're wondering what that means, we're basically going to be discussing about human trafficking. I'm not sure to what degree are people aware of about this issue because admittedly, I've been pretty ignorant about it. In the past, I've only associated human trafficking to sex slaves, but really, it constitutes so much more than that. Little do we know that modern-day slavery could boil down to something closer to home, such as the mistreatment of mates or something that is happening in our backyards, like the injustice foreign construction workers face in terms of union rights. We invite Shuerwei, who is part of Project Liberate, an NGO that raises awareness on human trafficking, to shed some light on this deep-seated issue. And perhaps you'll be enlightened as much as I was. discussing a really heavy topic today so brace yourselves um, project liberate what is it how did it begin what is your involvement right uh, should I introduce myself sure go ahead uh, you hi want. yeah I'm Shoei from project liberate so I'll start with how did it start it's founded by our current founding president new Sushin. It started all when she watched a documentary on human trafficking and she was really, really moved by how this issue happens worldwide and she really wanted to do something about it. What documentary is it? Yeah, good question. I forgot the name of it. <laughs> it's from uh, MTV Exit, I believe. Oh. Yeah, because there was okay. a program called MTV Exit back then that was uh, focusing on the plight of human trafficking. I remember that. Yeah. Don't remember the name, but I remember that. You guys can just go back and Google it. Yeah, so she started with a group of friends and it began. I only joined a few years later uh, at the end of 2013. After I finished high school, I saw Project Liberate online and I thought, wow, okay, human trafficking, really heavy topic and I wanted to learn more about it. So I joined the organization and here I am. So right now, my role in organization is head of awareness building, meaning I mainly supervise and try to initiate uh, projects, small small projects within the groups that we have in our organization. And what Project Liberate is basically a youth-driven organization that wants to raise awareness on human trafficking. And we run on a model called Triple A, which is um, awareness, attachment and action. So first, we want to raise the awareness of people about human trafficking. Our main target audience is actually youth, but it comprises anyone. Then we try to make everyone have an attachment to the issue, meaning feel strongly about the issue or at least know more about it. 
and then try to take action on it by either uh, being observant to the surroundings or knowing the signs of human trafficking or even just remembering the hotline to like for the human trafficking victims yeah so basically Project Liberate is mainly about raising awareness about the issue on human trafficking yeah. and what does it comprise of because when we think about human trafficking I think of people being captured on boats being brought to our country for slavery but what is your definition? What, what is the scope that you guys cover? Yeah, so human trafficking is a very broad term in itself. It comprises a lot of different things such as sex trafficking, uh, forced labour, even domestic abuse within uh, homes such as pyramids. But how I would define it quite simply uh, for human trafficking is the exploitation of someone else's labour for your own profit. So when you think about that, I usually try to let people understand it simply by saying that it's modern day slavery. Yeah. Which is also the theme of today's episode. I guess it's a much simpler way to put it and also much lighter way to put it because when you talk about you know human trafficking, usually people are just overwhelmed. Like not not a lot of people would want to discuss it, not a lot of people I guess a lot of people are also ignorant about it and modern day slavery, right? So, you, before the show you told me it's not just about people being captured here um, and being abused, uh, you know, being mistreated but also um, sex slaves, even the meats that we have in our houses, right? Yeah, so in Project Liberate, we also try to let everyone remind everyone that it's much closer to home than it is. So human trafficking can be seen as something that happens just in our homes or within us, even the things that you wear. So within homes, I would say that if someone abuses their maid or provide them with low wages, that in itself is a form of human trafficking. Um, apart from that, you can also look at yourself and the things that you wear. The clothes that you wear, the shoes that you wear might be a part of human trafficking because we all are consumers to the supply chain that leads to possible low wages of people. So yeah, it might be hard to think about the people far, far away in Cambodia who are only paid less than a dollar a day for the money, sorry, for the effort that they do in making your clothes. So think about back home. Are you treating your mate well? Or look at the guard near your house. Is he happy? Is he getting paid well? Is he forced to be there? Yeah, asking these questions might make you realize that human trafficking is much more closer to home than you think. How are you guys raising awareness? The first, the first A that you guys, um, that you just mentioned is awareness, if I'm not mistaken, right? How are you guys raising awareness? Because it's such, like I said, it's such a heavy topic and I'm not sure how are people receiving it. How are you guys relating it back in much more simpler terms? Yeah, right. So as I mentioned before, our target audience is young adults, mostly the millennials when you want to think about it. So what we did in the past few years, there was one we called a Freedom Film Festival, where we played uh, films that were uh, indie, independently created and related to freedom and how it relates with human trafficking. 
And when I joined the organization, the first event that I was part of is called Neon Night Run, where we had a night run. But what made it relate back to human trafficking is that along the way of the trek route, we actually put up facts about human trafficking. And at the end of the night, we played a documentary about human trafficking. So those are ways that we try to remind people that they're not just here at our event for fun, but to also understand like the plight of the people that we fight for. And of course, our most recent uh, initiative is this thing called the Advocate series, which is spelled like, like Advocate, but instead of A-T-E, we add an 8 at the end, which relates to Project Liberate. Yeah. Yeah. So the Advocate series is something that we came up with recently because we want to push our event further than just awareness. So we already went through the first five years of trying to come up with a, uh, sorry, trying to approach the first part of our model, which is awareness. Now we're gonna try to bring it back to attachment and action. So what we did with the Advocate series is the first one that we did, we engaged uh, youth from Malaysia, from Thailand, and from Cambodia. So what these youths did is that they learned about human tracking from our workshop and then they went back with a small grant and they had to come up with events back home. So what uh, our Thailand and Cambodian counterparts did is they did workshops back in their home similar to the Advocate series. And that kind of gave us an idea that other countries might like to do what we did. So right now we are actually in the process of trying to develop this model to do it in other countries. Uh, Singapore has also already did our event. But the latest one would be uh, Advocate YouTube, where we engaged a lot of YouTubers to make videos on human trafficking. Yeah, which is like a different way of raising awareness. Because we realized that, you know, um, just raising awareness among the youths that we approach might not be enough to approach the masses. So yeah, we got YouTubers like um, Vika World, uh, CJ Works, uh, so using social influences to um, raise this message. Yeah, correct. So we are hoping to show people that there are other ways to raise awareness about human trafficking. Other more creative and maybe even aesthetic ways. Right. I think that's one a really good way to actually approach youth because the youth, they're always consuming um, all these things online. Especially YouTubers these days, they're all influential and uh, people who are active on social media, which it's great. But to really make an impact, like, do you see a change in perception on this issue? Yeah, so that's an issue that has always been debated in our organization itself because I've spoke to many experts and the one thing that we always talk about is Awareness is hard to be quantified. It's a very qualitative aspect of our work. Yeah, so many people have asked, how, how do I know? Uh, has Project Liberate made any impact? Do you think uh, the issue has been uplifted? Like I said, uh, I can't speak, about, I mean, I, I can't give you a solid answer because it's qualitative. But one thing is for sure is that uh, over the years, I mean, I've joined Project Liberate since um, early 2014 so this is my into my third year and definitely for the past two years plus I have seen that people know more about human trafficking they know the existence of Project Liberate um, through 
to maybe my work or the other works that we did. And definitely, I think Advocate YouTube, which are our latest project with the YouTubers, I think that made um, a significant impact because the YouTubers have an amount of reach and definitely people have known more about human trafficking. I mean, not everyone can do something about human trafficking. That's usually up to the experts, the authoritative um, bodies. Yeah, bodies and as well as the people who has um, authority over like human trafficking shelters. We as human beings, uh, I mean normal people, can't do too much but to at least be aware. educate ourselves yeah, and be aware. Yeah, so definitely. And we have an ongoing uh, membership drive for Project Liberate. So when we see that people want to join our organization and contribute to the cause, then we know that we have at least moved some people to do more. Then there is some sort of moral support. Yeah. You guys work to spread awareness on this issue, but you guys also work with victims of human trafficking as well. Yeah. So because uh, Liberate is moving currently moving towards being a full-fledged NGO where we can probably like have an office and get paid because for now we're all volunteer driven which is pretty cool because you know it's quite interesting to see how even though we are volunteer driven we have members who have been in the uh, organization for five years now but soon we hope to go full-fledged but in terms of working with trafficking victims we don't work with them too often but we do have relations with organizations such as um, Suka Suka Society, uh, Tanaganita, mostly Tanaganita, which is uh, this local NGO that works for like migrant rights and women's rights, and this relates to human trafficking. We have done several visits to the government or private shelters for human trafficking. We have done projects where we try to get um, the victims to do crafts that we sell to raise funds. But yeah, we hope to do more in the future. Have you heard of any... I mean, share with us, I'm sure over the years, you've encountered these victims of human trafficking who have cases um, that I think you could share with our listeners. Like, paint us a scenario. What has been the worst story you've ever heard? Um, I think one of the stories that struck me was... So I saw this, uh, one of the victims, she was painting a tote bag because we were letting people paint tote bags at their shelter. And she was paint- She wanted me to help her write because uh, I think she maybe didn't know how to write her child's name. So she told me to write this name and I was like, oh, who's this? And she said, oh, my kids. And then she started telling me stories. It's like, it doesn't sound, it's not actually very complex. The issue is always very simple. They usually always come to Malaysia or any other countries with the prospect of wanting an economic opportunity. They always come to want to earn more for their family. But they always fall into this vicious cycle whereby the employers, they will take their passports and they put them into this thing called debt bondage, which is a form of human trafficking, where they pay for you to come to Malaysia and then they make you work. Yes. So you owe them money and you have to keep working until you pay them back. But more often than not, interests are put onto that debt and there is like no way out. Yeah. That's so, very similar. I recently read this article online and it's very similar to um, the prostitutes in Bangladesh. Apparently, yeah, apparently there's this street in Bangladesh, if I'm not mistaken, where it's just 
basically brothels everywhere and how they get into it is usually their families are too poor so they you know sell their kids to these uh, brothels and they have debt and for them to pay back it'll take like I don't know three four years and then they're finally like you know released but still they fall back into the same sort of job yeah I've heard of that before I mean uh, I think that issue is somewhat different from human trafficking because yeah it, it relates to the complexity of the culture and uh, prostitution there because usually when they leave that industry they get shunned and they get discriminated so they fall back into that yeah but going back to your story just now that lady what is she doing right now is she right so last i met her she was actually in the shelter because um, that shelter that i went to was for uh, trafficking victims who were still trying to prove their case to the court so like they cannot they will usually not be deported immediately back to their country because they first need to prove their case to the court to prove that they are victims of trafficking because there are people who might you know deceive deceive that they were a victim but you know they actually legally entered the country yeah so they have to prove their case to the court before they can decide whether to stay back in Malaysia or go back to their country but most often than not they'll be deported back to their country but they want to stay here um, some of them might want to stay here because they did come here in the first place for economic opportunity yeah who's fighting for them like who is fighting for them in court who is looking after their welfare uh, so I do know there are several organizations like uh, Sohakam Lawyers for Liberty uh, Suaram there are several organizations that will work for them and even like several human rights lawyers but yeah it's really really up to their luck who comes to defend them yeah have there been any success stories of these people coming over to our country and you know actually making it actually making it like you mean staying back in Malaysia sure to, uh, not that I've heard of. Honestly, most of them have to go back to their country because, you know, Malaysia is getting more stringent on letting migrants stay in Malaysia. They probably have to go back because they didn't come in with a valid visa or their visa already expired. Is this any different from refugees entering our country? And then the whole issue about, you know, refugees fleeing their country and then coming to... Malaysia, for example. So definitely, uh, human trafficking is an entirely different um, issue from refugees, yeah. but it does correlate. Because when refugees enter our country, whether legally or illegally, they are usually very vulnerable. Because refugees in Malaysia, um, it's hard for them to find work, especially if they are not recognized by the UNHCR as a refugee with the cut status. So in that case, they'll become vulnerable and they might get jobs with low wages or they get jobs where they get paid very, very late. And that's actually a form of human trafficking. Because like I said um, in the earlier part of the podcast, human trafficking is defined as um, exploiting someone's labor for their own profit. The last thing that you mentioned is now um, the three A's that you mentioned, which is action. What can we do as... Because right now it seems that we're just 
we're not just bystanders, but we're we're aware of the issue. But how do we take action to you know eradicate this issue? Right. So I think I think the most basic thing that uh, any one of you listening to this podcast right now can do would be one. Uh, please go educate yourself on the issue of human trafficking. Two, if you can, uh, please do find resources and always talk about it, spread news about it, tell that to your friends. And number three, of course, this is not. <laughs> you could you could follow Project Liberate as well, where we have upcoming workshops and things like that that we hope people can join and learn more about it and be more observant to their surroundings so that we know like who might be a victim and who are not. What if there are people out there who are interested to actually directly help these uh, human trafficking victims? Is there a way? So usually shelters for human trafficking victims are very, very strict because we do not want to endanger them further. Uh, So yeah, like I mentioned, you could always volunteer for Project Liberate or Tanaganita, which is another organization that we know. Um, You could always maybe come up with projects in your own unis where you raise funds for the victims. But yeah, so that's what I think you can do. How are these NGOs that you've mentioned, not just Project Liberate, um, like Tanaganita, like how are they directly helping these human trafficking? Uh, So the difference between Tanaganita and Liberate is that Tanaganita works more on the ground where they actually do do rescue missions. So if you actually know of any uh, victims that might, sorry, any people that might be a victim of human trafficking, you can call their hotline and they will redirect. They will have to investigate first, of course. They won't immediately rescue. They will investigate and rescue and yeah, they usually like locate them to a good shelter for safety. If you want to learn more about human trafficking and what you can do to further help raise awareness about this issue, head on over to Project Liberate on Facebook. That's Project L-I-B-E-R with the number 8. Don't just like the page. We strongly urge everyone listening to be really aware on the issue of human trafficking. And you can play a big part by being an advocate for this cause. Thank you so much in advance. This podcast is produced by Aswan Jamaluddin, hosted by me, Grace Law, and special thanks again to Shreya Wei from Project Liberate. If you didn't already know, we have a Facebook page where you can check out our latest episodes, updates, or even leave us a comment. We want to hear from you, our fans, on what you like to hear more from us. So hit us up on our Talking Strangers Facebook page. Tune in next time for another episode of Talking Strangers.